Hey, everybody, this is Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast when we talk with leaders about the moments in their lives when they cross that line from leading with their head to leading with their heart and from leading with their heart to leading with their head. We are in part two of an amazing interview, a captivating interview, if you will, with Ian Richardson. If you did not hear part one, go back uh, and, and get part one. Uh, and listen to that because it's really important. Ian is an amazing leader, entrepreneur, uh, has really worked his way uh, into becoming a serial entrepreneur, if you will, buying and selling companies, but understands what it means to, to have hard knocks, to work through that, understands what it means to really invest in, and, and work to get what he has today, all of that in, in part one. And we left Ian in a, a very difficult uh, situation in his life. He was so transparent and so vulnerable. I want you to hear now the rest of the story. So listen in to part two. This is the rest of the story of Ian Richardson. I ended up on a on a footbridge in Lansing at night and uh, uh, attempted a uh, attempted suicide. So it, it's not that I didn't give up i did give up and it didn't work Mm. um and in that space it's an interesting this is the first time i've really talked about in a public venue my wife knows about it but not no one else does except now twenty thousand people so (laughs) hello world (laughs) so when you get into that space my experience there is it wasn't so much a feeling of helplessness it's a feeling of acceptance and i guess a metaphor is the easiest way for me to describe that when your head gets into that space imagine that you're in a lake and you're swimming yeah and you're out in the middle of that lake and then suddenly you forget how to swim so it's not like a pool where you can hop and just grab onto something and say all right well i need to catch my breath you're just bobbing up and down in the lake and you kind of go under the lake and you push yourself back up and you go into the lake and you push yourself back up but you're never really really comfortable and after a while you still don't remember how to swim but you say like is this really how i want to spend the rest of my life is just trying to keep my head Mm. above water Mm. and all it takes is a snap moment of like the no i don't want to do that to make a a terrible mistake and thankfully mine didn't work out there's no lasting impact from that no one was hurt um but it uh it was a wake-up call to say that something's gotta change and and you gotta focus down and so i disconnected from that crowd i disconnected from that lifestyle I threw myself into work, threw myself into school, threw myself into trying to keep a little side business hustle, which ended up being an IT company I ran for 16 years alive throughout that time and turned the grades around and ended up on the dean's list a whole bunch of times and uh, moved forward, I guess. So it wasn't, um, I guess I didn't, not give up but thankfully the way that i gave i gave up didn't have long-standing repercussions yeah i I mean i mean ian you you may have might have thought you were giving up but the truth is even though you you failed in the attempt 
you chose to say, and you just said it a minute ago, you articulated it beautifully. This, this is a turning point. This has to stop. And you made a choice, didn't you, to do the hard thing. And the hard thing is to fight your way through to go to school and to learn and to do your side hustle. And, you know, the, the easiest thing to do was to remain a victim and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I love your analogy. I'm bobbing up and down. And um, yeah, I might've, I might've tried to quit for a moment, but, but you realized from hitting that bottom moment in your life that I don't want to stay there. I don't want to give up. I, I want to live. You made a conscious choice to live. Um, and what a, what a brave thing to do. And, and then you said you threw yourself into, um, to your school and you threw yourself into your work. What, what, what a great characteristic of a great leader. And, and even though you could have, as so many people do, you could have looked back and said, you know, look what I've endured. Look what I didn't have. Look what I, look what happened from, from early on as a child, from being bullied, um, all, all the way through school, uh, you could have said, well, I'm, I'm going to remain a victim. I'm going to, I'm going to remain, um, not taking responsibility for my own behavior, but even though all those things were against you against all odds, you know, you, you rose back, you bobbed up from the surface, from that water, from that lake. And you said, now I'm, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to swim. And yeah. it's an amazing story. That is an amazing story. I'm so proud of you and thank you for, for your vulnerability and sharing it with, you know, 20,000 of your closest friends, <laughs> but I, I know that there's somebody that needs to hear that. I know right now there's somebody bobbing up and down and, and, and can, you know, just totally conflicted with life and confused and scared and, and, and your testimony of your, of your hard times and being willing to share so openly and authentically will make a difference. So I want to thank you for that. And, and congratulations on the Dean's list. I mean, what? That's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it was, it was cool. It, um, it didn't really sink in. I said, what's a, what's a Dean's list. I didn't, the <laughs> stunning amount of naivete uh, around education and, and those platforms. First time I got a letter, I was like, uh, does this mean I'm in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> am I on a watch list? What is a Dean's list? Right? And so there I am using the primitive internet going, Oh, Oh, well, cool i mean i mean <laughs> i achieved something that's that's good but the initial reaction was more of blind terror like what did i do i didn't i didn't get in any trouble this time <laughs> i just have been going to school and doing my work um, i love that uh, and i love that your dad came around at the end and and said hey your behavior it's proven to me that you know you're gonna do this so that was that that's a neat that's a neat story as well yeah um, it's it's one of my more fond memories of him um my dad was a complicated guy as as everyone is um and the good cautionary tale i took like my dad i think was harder on himself than anyone else was mm. and that got in his own way sometimes um and he took his value from being a doctor first and um, I'm a big fan of Arlen Sorensen from HTG and, and ConnectWise. And Arlen's, a, a, one of Arlen's Arlenisms is that everybody exits from their business and you get to like, either you can exit vertically or you can exit horizontally, but you will leave that business. That's right. And um, my dad got 
sick out of 10 years ago. Um, he got sick back in 2012 and he had a spinal fungal infection that turned into a six, seven month hospital stay and a lot of stuff. And he ended up in a wheelchair, not because he was paralyzed, but because mobility challenges and it court, it, it, correlated and, and happened at the same time when he got sick his practice had just sold to a hospital and he essentially was forced into early retirement um part of the impact of that infection was that his diagnostic brain went away so it oh. would have been safe for him to practice medicine even though he knew his how the body works and things like that he couldn't safely practice and um his career was taken from him as sometimes things are it was out mm -hmm. of his control to impact or 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 effect um and because of that he he didn't recover so he wasn't able to mm -hmm. pivot away mm -hmm. and that lesson really kind of hit home over the course of the past decade of you gotta make sure that you have mm. something other than work so where work was a very useful from 2000 to 2010 2012 work was a comfort school was a comfort things like yeah. that and even from 2010 to 2018 it was a, a focus point and a distraction and things like that but now that my father's dead it's it's a very good thing I, I look at the first 60 years of his life where he seemed happy and focused mm. and driven and then I look at the last 10 and it almost wiped out the first 60 because of the depression and the malaise and the lack of being willing to do anything with any sort of intentionality because he just wouldn't get out of his own head about not being a doctor that was his value to the world in his mind which is sad because I didn't really care that he was a doctor. I cared that he was my dad. Right. That's yeah. right. He, he couldn't get out of that identity of, of being a doctor, could he? Yeah. And I love that you, that you are learning from that. It's a tragedy if you, if you think about it and so sad. But at the same time, you get to choose what you do with that. And here you go again, Ian, saying, I'm going to learn from hard things. Look, it, it's a pattern in, in your life. And even now, as we, as we think about who you are, just, you know, you turned it around, graduated with honors, but it, it didn't get easy. It hasn't been easy for you. You know, you, and as you, as you continue to go through life, you still had some, even after graduating, you had some, you had some hard things ahead of you still, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, diving in and um, entrepreneurship is a, it's Carrie's fond, my wife's fond of calling it the island of lost toys and broken toys. And it really is. If mm. you dive into entrepreneurship, usually there's some sort of challenge or struggle internally that manifests its way out in pursuit of business and creativity and, and saying, no, I'm, I'm going to forge my own path. And I, uh, think from my childhood and having to figure things out and being isolated and being alone it naturally I naturally gravitated towards a career where I said well nobody's going to be able to push me around or tell me what I what to do if I own my <laughs> own company yeah and I was mistaken because for one the IRS can absolutely do that <laughs> to you 
it has a tendency to in that uh in this right. scenario um but uh it um it it uh, you can see kind of the path from hey here's where these childhood or or traumatic or or influential shaping things can kind of stem and and direct you forward um and running an it company is not easy especially these days with all the security stuff going on i've, I've got nothing for respect for people who've stayed in that game i um i worked night and day 12 hour days for about six the first seven or eight years of my son's life uh and it was seven days a week and eventually shrank down to six but it was six days a week all throughout there and through that work we had financial success we had newer cars and a bigger house and more stuff and all that type of thing and so there was financial impact to our world but i was not there for formative events and i missed mm. school events and i missed soccer games and the same thing that happened with my father happened with me um and it created a lot of tension in my in my previous marriage and that marriage fell apart um and looking back at it i ignored my ex-wife i ignored my son i didn't help around the house simple things like helping out with chores or thing or or volunteering or just showing some gratitude mm -hmm. didn't happen because there was such a lack of I, I didn't know how to communicate i didn't know how to be vulnerable and i instead of having hard conversations or awkward conversations or trying to steer in and, and learn how to speak with my ex-wife i just threw myself more and more into work so much so that um the the marriage fell apart and through the marriage falling apart the thing about divorce is you have to divide up things and businesses are assets and because we couldn't communicate and we have started to learn how to now, but we couldn't then, it went down to the bottom of an asset pit. And when you're down at that bottom of the asset pit, one of the options is, hey, maybe we just liquidate and sell everything. And I had to kind of spin in that cesspool for two to three months. And, and when you're in that space, part of where your brain goes is, okay, well, if you sell it, what's what's that going to look like and that's how my my brain worked is let's let's game theory this out what's what's it going to look like after you sell it you're not going to be able to start another business you're not going to want to work for some guy who just bought your business that's not gonna that's not appealing so you're not going to be an it guy anymore and what do you want to do and uh at the end of um that space i had i'd been introduced to a strategic planning methodology that we use to fix a lot of fundamental business problems. It was developed by Tom Patterson uh, back in the eighties called Stratop. But Tom's dead now, but Stratop is a, it's a perspective-based planning tool. And, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the times when we were working on business planning and strategy was really interesting to me. I'd never been introduced to that in a formal way before um, learning about it through, uh, through, that peer group HTG and Israel Lang, who was my facilitator and a very influential person on in the past five, six years of my life, uh, even if he didn't know it. Mm. Um, and when, when we were in the 
throes of that divorce, I had reached out to Patterson Center and said, hey, I think I want to get certified. At the time, I was thinking, well, hey, if, if I've got this certification, I can, use, I can use that knowledge to better serve the IT company. And at the end of the divorce, I was back on that bridge. Mm. Is the easiest way to, to yeah. describe that. I was in the yeah. same mental state. And since I was there before, I recognized the the risk and the danger, but I didn't know what legacy meant. I didn't know what the purpose of life was. I, I'm not a strong spiritual person personally. I don't have anything against that, but I wasn't. Um, and I really didn't understand what I was doing. And so as part of the certification process, the first thing they have you do is, hey, fly out to Denver and go through a personal strategic plan called a life plan. And like, come on out, we'll spend some time. We'll see if this looks good. And if it doesn't look good, we'll figure that out together in the room. If it does look good, we can take the next steps. And I went out there and met with a man named Michael. And uh, Michael, when I met him, I said, hey, look, like, this is kind of what I've presented up until now. And I just got divorced two weeks ago. And I don't understand these things. And could we potentially fit this stuff in? to explore this and he said we're not going to worry about anything else except that stuff for the Mm. next two days wow and so we really dove in and the two things that bubbled out of that is one i didn't want to be an it guy anymore i didn't want to own a tech company i didn't want to work for a tech company I, i technology was not my purpose and the other piece of it was is that i didn't want to be the guy i wanted to be the guy's guy So I didn't want to go do the things I wanted to be someone who could help other entrepreneurs, other organizations, other leaders figure out what their vision was and how they might go about doing that and support and coach Mm -hmm. and listen Mm -hmm. and teach and learn from and be involved with. But I didn't want to be doing the doing anymore. So I'd much rather be that support system and try to help people. Hey, how can we get from X to Y or how can we solve these problems and help people come up with the plans and tools and resources to do that. And that led me on a, on a journey to fast forward a year into 2021. And my wife and I were going for a walk and she said, you know, you're still miserable at this tech company and you're not having any fun. And who says you have to sell your IT company and retire? Is that you're all about challenging assumptions? Is that an assumption? Are you talking about something that's written in stone or is it written in sand? And half a block later, she's still walking down the thing and turns around and says, you're catching flies back there. Are, you, are we coming for a walk? Are we going home? What are you doing? And uh, that was it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go back. I said, wow, I, I don't have to sell my business and retire. I can, I can, do something different and so i did so what what was that what are you doing now bring us up to date um yeah so carrie and i uh founded uh, richardson and richardson which is a, a multidisciplinary business consultancy and if you don't know what that is good because that's why we use those terms <laughs> but um w- without any fluff in it we we help people plan on how to get from x to y and if they're having some pain and sales or marketing kind of spreading the message about what they do and and why it matters we help them with that Mm. and if there's an entrepreneur who's kind of struggling i'm 
try to say, Hey, can I, can we meet once one-on-one -on -one and figure out a plan or, or give you some motivation and, and talk through some things. So there's a bit of coaching in there. There's strategy and planning and, and building out project plans and actions, and then quite a bit of sales and marketing support as well. So did you, did you sell your company? You sold your, I, I yeah. sold my IT company at the end of last year to my brother who had been there with me from the start. Uh, when I started the thing, I said, Hey, there's going to be a lot of forms. We got to sign and liability. We got to take on. You want to do that? And he said, no, thank you, sir. I'll just take a paycheck. And, uh, he and I had a gentleman's accord from the beginning. Look, if I ever want to sell some or all of this, you get first right of refusal. And I went to him and I said, Hey, would you like to buy it? Here's kind of what's the good, the bad and the ugly. And are you interested? And he said, yeah, I'm interested. And we worked with a broker and found some financing and he bought me out and he owns it and he's still running it today. That's amazing. And you and your wife, Carrie now have a new consulting type for lack of a better word, coaching, consulting, helping, walking, mentoring. So are you enjoying what you're doing now? That's it's the uh, it's night and day difference from what, what it was before. It doesn't really feel like work. Mm. yeah oh, i mean i mean obviously you're in a camper talking to me yeah. so there you go i mean what what I'm working could... <laughs> working in my mobile office today <laughs> oh ian this has been so good so rich so deep thank you so much for this I, can i ask you just a just a couple of more things yeah and, the, and then um, i know our time is is gone but you know there are a lot of of, of young leaders who are trying to figure it out they've made mistakes um, they, they have, have failures, they are searching, um, they're trying, or, or maybe they're just on that beginning stage of, of, Hey, what do I do? I, I know I want to do something. I, I want to be, you know, I want to be like Ian. I want to be able to, to, to look into the, the future and turn the corner and work hard and accomplish something. What would you say to those aspiring young leaders that are listening to, to this podcast? So I'm a big fan of threes so i'd probably say three things and the first one is don't let what your perceived expectations that others have of you pigeonhole you so just be true to yourself don't don't worry about what someone else is thinking about you because more often than not they're not we're all just humans trying to get through things but people aren't necessarily having malicious thoughts about you or saying wow he's really screwing up or he's doing a great job like people are just trying to get by they got their own they got their own load to carry so stop worrying about what they're thinking about and start worrying about what you're thinking about mm. um if you're not enjoying what you're doing go do something else <laughs> it's way too short to be miserable especially with something like work that's the majority of our time is spent in work so if you're not enjoying it and if it's feeling like a chore every day, then you shouldn't be doing it anymore. And um, uh, I guess the, the second part of that is just go find your passion. And mm. if you find something that you're passionate about, money will naturally follow because that passion will attract people. They'll see how good you are at it. They'll see how much you enjoy it. They'll enjoy giving you the opportunity and most people will say well of course you need to be paid you need to go you need to be paired of paid a fair wage for your labors and for your efforts and you won't have a problem it won't be such a, a big deal just say yeah well here's what i would need to perform that and they'll say yes 
So that's amazing. What what great wisdom. And and I hope I hope you captured that if you're listening. Incredible wisdom from from Ian. And so I have to ask finally, what's next? For what are you doing next? Is ONR gonna continue? What what's on the horizon for you? So we've got a I'm a big um I love business books because they just, they resonate down and I always get ideas and get creative. And I'm a fan of Jim Collins as a, as an author and all the work that he and his group um, of colleagues have put together. And one of the things that I learned from a Jim Collins book is the concept of the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal. And one of the things Carrie and I set was early on was a goal for R&R, which is, hey, we want to help entrepreneurs so we've got a goal of we want to fundamentally help a thousand organizations, a thousand entrepreneurs transform in the next 10 years. And if we do that, we think we'll change the world. So say that goal one more time. Do you want to help a thousand different entrepreneurs or organizations transform and, and achieve their vision in, in a meaningful ne- way? And, and how long did you give yourself? 10 years? 10 years. Wow. That years. is a BHAG. Love it. I love visiting with you, Ian. You you are amazing, and you are in, incredibly um, gifted in, in, in your thought processing and what you have accomplished and, and who you are. Thank you once again for your authenticity, your transparency. Thank you for making a difference, uh, and, and you are doing that. I really appreciate your time and, and want you to know um, we value what you have said today. And, and thank you for being willing to share with us here on Crossing the Line. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was, it was my pleasure and, and again, a privilege. Uh, and as a little aside, I've, I've been a fan of yours for quite a while. So this is like, this is like me and a movie star for me to nope. be able to spend the time. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, let me tell Robin, our producer, Rob, make sure my wife hears what he's saying. Will you? When... <laughs> Ian, thanks, my friend. We'll talk thank soon. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Well, I want you to know this was um, impactful for me. It was meaningful for me. I hope it was for you. This young man has endured. He has persevered. He has failed. He has gotten up and learned. Ian is uh, just an example of what we aspire to be as leaders. He thinks outside the box. He understands hard work. Um, He understands what it takes to uh, to, to make something from a leadership perspective out of nothing, actually, how to, how to just decide what else can I do to say, hey, how can I create something out of my first is, is his interest in IT, and then it blossomed into his company. And uh, I was um, so appreciative of his vulnerability, of his personal life and the struggles and how he overcame that struggle while uh, he – he says he never gave up. He says he might have given up, but he, he really never did give up. He, you know, he even through his suicide attempt, uh, he bounced back and was determined to, to let that be a turn, he said, for him. And, uh, and it did turn for him. Such great wisdom on uh, don't allowing uh, preconceived expectations to drive your behavior. Know who you are. Be yourself. Uh, you know, and uh, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, find something. Life is short, he says. Make sure, follow that passion. Make sure you're doing something that that you love to do or that you want to do. So I am excited. He wants to 
He wants to impact and help a thousand entrepreneurs in the next ten years. What what goal setting and and uh, what courage to to set something as big as that? And uh, I admire him. I'm proud of him. And uh, this was definitely a a meaningful interview for me. I hope it was for you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of our Crossing the Line family. And we look forward to our next episode. In the meantime, thank you for crossing the line in order to make a difference. This has been Crossing the Line with Dr. Larry Little. For more information about our guest, Ian Richardson, you can find him on LinkedIn and the Richardson & Richardson website at rr.consulting. The Crossing the Line podcast is brought to you by Eagle Center for Leadership. You can listen to more episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, and our website at eaglecenterforleadership.com. To watch more video interviews, you can find our channel, Eagle Center for Leadership, on YouTube. Interested in being a guest on the podcast? Contact the show through our website. Thank you for joining us today on Crossing the Line.